Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Diary. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, then you'll know that I was supposed to upload on Tuesday, but I was in the hospital. So I feel like that was a really good excuse to not upload. (laughs) I'm really excited for today's episode. I've been waiting to record this one for a long time, and I decided since I have a new diagnosis, this would be the perfect time to do so. Today's episode is going to be all about my health and the journey I have taken through the healthcare system over the last six or more years. Now, I understand that this episode may not be interesting for everyone, uh, nor concern you in any way. You may be just a perfectly healthy human, but I do feel like it can really help a few people out there, and it's also something I do talk a lot and share a lot about on my Instagram, and I think people get confused a lot because I get a lot of DMs from people who've either been experiencing the same things and they want to know more or giving me suggestions, and a lot of the time, not that I'm not appreciative of the suggestions because I'm very grateful, but a lot of the time I have tried a lot of the things, so I kind of wanted to make an episode that basically just talked about the entire story because let me tell you it's a lot we're gonna start this journey when i was 13 i was at cirque du soleil with my family and around the time that we were supposed to be leaving the show was over people were getting up my stomach started to really hurt it came on really sudden and it was very sharp it wasn't like any stomach ache i've ever felt before and i remember telling my mom my stomach really hurts and We were trying to get out of there and she's like, okay, we'll deal with it. And I was like, no, mom. And all of a sudden, I couldn't walk. I broke down in tears. I was like sitting. They had to have uh, the emergency paramedic people that were on staff for the event to come over to me. And then just as suddenly as it came on, it kind of went away. And we weren't sure what this was. And we just kind of thought it was some weird fluke. And then we left it. Fast forward to me being 15 years old, I was at a soccer practice and this same pain came on really suddenly, but this time it lasted a lot longer and I ended up actually going to the hospital and they put me on morphine because it was just the worst pain that I've ever felt in my life. And then it happened again at a Canucks game and then again at a volleyball tournament and It just kept happening over this period of time, probably a year. I was in the emergency room around 10 times. Every time I went to the hospital, they ran a series of tests, whether that was blood work or urine samples. One time I did this test, it was like a vaginal swab. And lucky me, this nurse had just come out of school and had never actually performed the test on a real person so I got to be number one so you I put my feet up on these those things that you put your feet on when you give birth I'm not really sure what they're called so I'm in this really uncomfortable position and the doctor was a male and he was like don't worry I'm like not gonna look so the nursing student who was a female basically puts this thing in your vagina that opens it up so that they can get in there and take the swab well she didn't put it in far enough before she opened it so she opened it up and then had to push it in further and it was the most uncomfortable feeling then she got it stuck so then the male doctor had to come and help her and this other nurse so then I had three people looking at my freaking coochie and I also had this clamp thing stuck in my like it was it was bad anyways Despite going to the hospital so many times in the emergency room and doing all of these tests, nobody found anything. 
And at this point, it was getting really frustrating to say the least. It had been like over a year now and I still had no answers. My mom wanted me to go to Children's Hospital, but I was around the age cap of like 16 and they don't typically like to take on new patients who are about to be an adult because it is Children's Hospital, but they're very thorough there. So I ended up thankfully being able to go there and see a doctor. She originally thought that the pains were related to anxiety since every time they were triggered in large groups of people, which is kind of interesting because I still do get stomach aches in large groups of people, but turns out wasn't related. As she was talking to me, she was looking through my blood work from previous hospital visits and then she was like, oh, well, it's right here. You have celiac disease and it has turned out that my TTG levels, which is a blood test that they run to check for celiac disease, was well above what it should have been. It's supposed to be under 12 and I was somewhere like way off the charts, like it didn't even show up as a number, which is very bad. And I had no idea what celiac disease was at the time, but it is an autoimmune disorder where basically your body and your small intestine specifically can't break down the protein gluten, which is found in wheat, rye, and barley. There is no cure for this autoimmune disorder. So basically for the rest of your life, you're on a very, very strict gluten-free diet. And it's not just gluten-free. You have to be so, so strict and very careful. You can't have more than 20 parts per million, which basically means like I can't even have flour in my home because it'll go in the air and contaminate my food. You can't have fries that have been fried in the same oil that gluten-containing products have been fried in. So it can be challenging and difficult, but I was happy to have a diagnosis. And I also thought that maybe eating gluten-free would clear up my skin because I did suffer from really severe cystic acne since I was around 10 years old. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case and we will get there. (laughs) The next step after being diagnosed with celiac disease is to do a colonoscopy and possibly an endoscopy, I'm not sure, but I did have both done, which is basically where they take like a little camera and then go down your throat and up your butt and check it out just to see what's happening. And the reason they do this is because when you have celiac disease, you have a very high chance of getting colon cancer if you're not following a gluten-free diet, which I obviously wasn't for the last 16 years of my life. And what they found when they went in there was I caused some serious damage. And I don't know if it was the lining of my stomach. I feel like that's not right. But something up inside me was actually bleeding because it was so damaged and it just wasn't good, (laughs) clearly, and causing me a lot of pain. So that was good because it was the answers to my pains and all of the bloating, or at least we thought it was. So then I ate for a gluten-free diet for the next, well, for the next, I'm still eating it. For the next three years, I thought that any stomach ache or bloating that I had was related to either screwing up my diet because it does take a lot of time to transition and not mess up and eat gluten, and I also thought it was related to the damage that I had caused because I was told that that was going to take a really long time to heal. Basically, I didn't question the fact that my skin was still bad or I was bloated or I was still kind of having stomach aches sometimes or headaches. 
and still really tired because I thought that all of this would be related to the celiac disease, the damage I'd caused, and still sometimes accidentally eating gluten. But then three years later, when I was around 19, 20 years old, was when a new series of problems started to happen. This part gets a little bit blurry and confusing because I'm not exactly sure the chronological order of all of these symptoms, but I'll do my best. So when I was around 19, I did compete in a bodybuilding competition, which really messed up my hormones. It really messed up my relationship with food. I had an eating disorder and all of that put a lot of stress on my body and on my immune system, which is already very weak and I think did contribute to a lot of the problems I had, but basically I ended up losing my period for over a year and I had chronic strep infections, which I've had strep throat ever since I was a little kid constantly, but then it started coming back all of the time and even when I didn't have a full-on infection, I would have these like pus things come out of the back of my throat even when I wasn't sick if that's really disgusting, but it did happen. And then I also had chronic yeast infections. So I was getting yeast infections every single month and I'm I'm not even exaggerating that. I also had severe bloating, a lot of stomach pains, really low energy. At one point I got really swollen, itchy boobs and I also had like nausea at times. And then I had really frequent bowel movements. So I was going to the bathroom up to like 10 times a day. I wasn't absorbing nutrients properly, which is related to celiac disease because in your small intestine, you have these things called villi, which basically if you imagine a shag carpet, it's almost what your small intestine would look like everywhere. And it covers a surface area up to like a football field. And when you have celiac disease, it starts attacking that and it kills off your villi which are what your body uses to absorb your food so I was having absorption issues which they thought was leading to the fact that I had no energy turns out I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome for one and then at some point I was also diagnosed with being anemic does that make sense diagnosed with anemic that does not make sense, but you get what I'm saying. So I have an iron deficiency, which is also really common when you have celiac disease as well. Now, at the same time as all of this was happening, my skin was so bad. Now, I was used to having it on my face, my shoulders, my back, my chest, but now it was starting to go onto like my breasts and my lower back and kind of like my butt area and my stomach. And I was like, Yes, like part of it was acne, but I knew that it was more than that. So my friend had suggested that I cut dairy to see if that helped. So I cut out dairy for three to four weeks and my skin cleared up significantly. And then all of a sudden I broke out in the worst rash of my entire life, which I wish so badly that I could show you on this podcast, but I will post it on my Instagram. So if you're curious, go look there. And it was terrible it was everywhere and it was disgusting and it was so bumpy and red and it turned out that I had accidentally somehow slipped dairy back into my diet and it had caused this rash so I recut out dairy again but I was still having problems with rashes now every rash was either similar to the last one or like a completely new 
type of rash and I was so confused why my skin was doing this and it was going on my forearms as well so I ended up going to the doctor and he had prescribed me an antibiotic for folliculitis which first of all it wasn't folliculitis which is inflammation of the hair follicle second of all antibiotics are terrible if you have a been on a bunch of antibiotics for strep infections and b are prone to chronic yeast infections and c have an unhealthy gut so this was just terrible for me i ended up actually becoming immune to the drug amoxicillin which is typically what they give you when you have strep infections so i started having to take clarithromoxin which is another antibiotic which is like 10 times stronger and that wasn't good for my issues either at this point i was getting really fed up because i was strictly gluten-free and had been for quite some time and i wanted to go see another doctor because i'd already been to a couple and they'd all prescribed me wrong things or made my symptoms worse or just weren't understanding like my family doctor for example would try to re-diagnose me with celiac disease every time I came in and I was like dude I've had celiac disease for like five years I know what it is I follow a gluten-free diet he also just kind of tried to just prescribe me things all of the time and I wasn't interested in that I wanted to know what the root of the problem was why I didn't have a period why my hormones weren't functioning why I was tired all the time my skin was covered in rashes and nobody seemed to really want to help me so my mom suggested who by the way is a registered nurse which is why she is so like involved in the healthcare system and knows so much she wanted to see me to see this GI specialist who was supposedly one of the best in the area that I live so I went to him and he ran some tests and turned out that my TTG was around 27 or 28 and again it's supposed to be under 12 so he had thought that all of the problems that I was having were related to the fact that my TTG levels were still really high and he wanted me to get even more strict with my gluten-free diet which meant like I was still eating things that didn't contain gluten in the ingredients but weren't certified gluten-free so I was no longer allowed to do that everything I ate needed to be certified I could no longer eat at restaurants unless they were like celiac restaurants etc and he wanted to work on bringing my TTG levels down. So he got me to go for blood tests every three months to track my TTG levels and see if they were coming down. And then once they came down, if I was still having the problems, then we would further investigate. So I was like, okay, that kind of sounds like a good plan until he told me that it would be about a year or two years before I could be able to bring my TTG all the way down under 12. So I was like, you want me to have no period, yeast infection, strep throat, and rashes, and all of my other symptoms for the next year and a half just to see if they get better by bringing my TTG levels down. And he didn't really want to do anything else to help me. And then I went for another endoscopy and colonoscopy. At this point, it would have been my like third one. And my insides were looking much better but they still weren't that great the one thing that this specialist did end up doing for me was he sent me to an allergy testing place and a dermatologist at the allergy testing place 
they ran all the tests and then the doctor said to me you're not allergic to anything and by the way you can eat dairy and I was just blown away I was like no I can't eat dairy because every time I eat dairy I break out in the worst rash all over my body And basically what this allergy test was looking for was to see if you would go into anaphylactic shock. So technically, I'm not allergic to dairy, but I knew that I couldn't eat it. So I was kind of annoyed with that because I felt like it didn't give me any answers. And then I went to a dermatologist who basically gave me three options, one of which was antibiotics. Awesome. More antibiotics. No. The second option was to go on birth control again which absolutely not. I was not doing that. I still didn't have a regular period. My hormones were still really out of whack. I wasn't about to go on the pill again because I I honestly had a good experience, but I was on it for like six or seven years and I had no period naturally and my hormones were out of whack and I just didn't want to do that to my body. The third option he gave me was Accutane, which I'm not opposed to it I know that it's helped a lot of people but it wasn't something that I personally wanted to do and I just felt like a lot of these were cover-ups and they weren't going to actually get to the root of why my skin was doing this and I was also frustrated because he was saying that my skin was acne but he literally came in looked at it for like 0.2 seconds and was like yeah here's your options But I was like, no, it's a rash. Like you can tell it's not acne. You could tell some spots were acne and other, most other spots were a rash. And I showed him videos of the rashes too. And he just, ah, so that was really frustrating. By the way, this GI specialist and the allergy test and the dermatologist were all at the beginning of this year. So I turned 21 in June of this year. So I was... 20 and a half (laughs) and around April of this year I saw blood in my stool and this is really scary because you never want to see blood ever in your poop and I had told my GI specialist and he was like well it's probably hemorrhoids and I was like okay probably that's cool but if it's not then like who cares right (laughs) so he didn't even investigate it didn't even care and I was just done I didn't want to go see another doctor and explain my whole history again to some doctor who wasn't even gonna remember it or do anything about it so I decided to go a different route and I went to a naturopath which ended up being one of the best experiences and one of the best choices I could have ever made I saw them every single Wednesday for basically this entire year from like April onwards and they did so much for me. First of all, they remembered me and my case and they cared. Second of all, they thought it was actually a problem that I didn't have a period and wanted to help me get it back. At the naturopath, they did acupuncture, they did hydrotherapy, They gave me iron supplements. They helped me with getting my period back because they introduced seed cycling. They gave me iron supplementation. They also helped me get rid of my strep throat infections and my yeast infections by taking herbal supplements. 
And then they also helped me diminish the symptoms of the hemorrhoids that I did end up having. So I did get hemorrhoids in my bowel, my bowels, I don't know, in your butt, which is basically just like inflamed veins, I think. I don't know, and they bleed. So I did like sits baths and other herbal supplements as well. So that was like a really awesome experience for me and made me feel a lot better fast forward until like around now I've ended up being able to bring my TTG levels down to 20 which is basically like seven points which is really good in the time frame that I've done it the only thing that we couldn't figure out was why I was still having so many problems with my skin and although my rashes weren't as bad as when I ate dairy they were still infrequently popping up and some were more severe than others and I was also still having a lot of bloating and discomfort so we decided to do a food sensitivity test and this is different than an allergy test because it's not checking for anaphylactic shock or that it's just testing your I think it's like your gut biome for sensitivities of foods I'm not really sure I got this test back and it was a little bit shocking because I cannot eat dairy was on there number one it was like all kinds of dairy and then there was also cashews pea yeast rice oats sunflower bean eggs there was a whole bunch of foods and a lot of them were like basically my entire diet and what the game plan was is to cut those foods out for a period of eight weeks and then slowly introduce them one by one to see if my body can tolerate them and since doing that my skin has cleared up so much and my stomach started feeling better and things were going really well until I started to see a lot of blood in the toilet and my bowel movements went up from about 10 to like 20 times a day. There began a lot of urgency with my bowel movements and the blood just kept increasing as well as the pain. I have never experienced so much pain before while going to the bathroom and I knew that something was wrong. I went and saw a couple doctors and they said that it was just my hemorrhoids, but I had just a gut feeling that it wasn't because the blood was a different color. It was too much blood to be just from your hemorrhoids and it was actually like in the stool and it was looking really like mucusy. My other major concern was that I had lost around 15 to 20 pounds in the last month without trying, without changing my diet, without making any types of changes it was kind of a very unexpected loss of weight and it kept dropping so at this point I was getting a little bit worried this was about five weeks ago I want to say and one morning I woke up and I had like blood and mucus all over my sheets I was feeling really nauseous I was in a lot of pain and I was like sweating and it just wasn't good so I decided to go to an emergency in the emergency they gave me an IV and they took blood and then they basically told me to go home because my blood tests were fine and to see my GI specialist which was the one that I had previously talked about earlier in the episode. I was really upset with this so I asked them if they would do a stool sample because I was worried that maybe I had a parasite or something and they did the stool sample but they basically just 
told me to go home. So I went home and things got a lot worse. I was in so much more pain. There was still so much blood coming out of me. I was going to the bathroom like 20 times a day and I was extremely tired. Like I couldn't go to work. I couldn't focus in school. I was sleeping all through the night and then having naps during the day. And then at one point I was in my room and I bent over and blood came like spewing out everywhere, like all over the mirror and the floor. I was bleeding every night on my bed sheets and in the toilet. Like it was really not good and I knew that something was wrong. So I told my mom to come look in the toilet because I knew that it wasn't just from my hemorrhoids. And she was like, are you kidding me? This is what's been coming out of you? she's like, this isn't from your hemorrhoids. And I was like, I know that's what I've been saying. And I was having like the most painful bowel movements where I would literally be crying in the bathroom. This was around a couple days after my first emergency visit. And my GI specialist had called me back. Actually, it was his receptionist. And on the phone, she asked me if I was following a gluten-free diet. And I was like, yes. I am. I have been. And she was like, well, your TTG is really high. And I'm like, yes, I know. I'm aware. I've been bringing it down. That's what Dr. George had told me to do. And I've been doing it. I'm aware that it's high. And then she's like, okay, you're also anemic. And I'm like, yes, I know. I'm aware. So she said that Dr. George had prescribed me an iron supplementation that I could go pick up at the pharmacy And I was just like, yes, I already take an iron supplement every single day. My iron was so much better. And then all of a sudden it randomly dropped despite still taking my iron supplementation. And she's, I was, I was like, what, what does this have to do with the fact that I need to see Dr. George because I'm bleeding out of my asshole? And she's like, okay, well, Dr. George has made an appointment for you on the 18th. And I was like, that's a month away. He wants me to wait an entire month while I'm in pain and bleeding a lot. So I was done. I didn't want to do it anymore. I ended up going home sick from work again. And I went to a different hospital, this time Royal Columbian Hospital, which is basically just a different and like better hospital outside of the area that I live. And I was there for eight hours. I did blood tests again they did a examination it was really uncomfortable I had to have a doctor basically stick his fingers up my butt and he had told me that there was no visible signs of hemorrhoids or fissures so I knew that I was right and that wasn't what was causing the blood he told me that there was a drop in my hemoglobin from 121 to 105 in the last like couple days because I had just done blood work a few days prior and also that my iron was extremely low and they gave me another IV I had been at the hospital all day I hadn't eaten anything this day because I was hoping that they would do a scope on me to see what was going on and you usually have to fast for 24 hours before a scope's done so I just decided to not eat that day just in case then they asked me to do another stool sample and I brought them back basically a bowl of blood and I was like this is what my my stool looks like it's just blood so the doctor came in the room and 
he basically told me to go home again. And I literally almost felt like crying because I had been there all day and he had just told me everything that was wrong with me. He had proven that there was no hemorrhoids, which would have been the explanation of all the blood. And basically just wanted me to go home and said to me, I know that you don't want to wait, but the truth is that you probably can wait until you see Dr. George on the 18th. And I was like, so you want me to wait three weeks with these symptoms? Like, not to mention my blood pressure was like 90 over 50, which is really low. And I have no hemoglobin, which is very dangerous in itself. And I called my mom and she just flipped out and she's like, you're not leaving that hospital until you get a referral to get a scope. I went back to the doctor and said, I don't want to leave here until I get a referral to get a scope done. And this doctor had the audacity to tell me that if I were to see their GI specialist, that it wouldn't be fair to the GI doc that I was already seeing. And I was just astonished astonished so my mom ended up calling her friend who is a nurse at this hospital and she ended up getting me an appointment with the GI specialist there she had talked to him told him about my issues and he agreed to fit me in on the very last slot that he had available the next day so on my drive home they had called me and they're like okay so you're having a scope tomorrow at four and you need to start your fast now And I had already not eaten for 24 hours, so this was not the news that I wanted to be receiving. I went home. I wasn't allowed to eat. I had to take laxatives because you have to clear out your bowels so that they can put the camera up there. And I was stressing out because I'm in the middle of finals and I had a final exam worth 50% of my grade the day after my scope, which I did end up getting like deferred thank goodness because I emailed my prof and included the words rectal bleeding I think that really helped my case I went to the hospital the next day and I had a scope done this was a little bit scary because they were looking for either colitis Crohn's or colon cancer so my best option (laughs) was colitis I didn't really want to have no answer But my options of answers weren't the best either. (laughs) So I don't know. I guess I came out pretty lucky because he had found ulcerative colitis, which is basically just like like a scab, like a patch of like ulcers. Like I don't even know how to explain it. On the inside of your colon, they were around 20 inches up from my butthole. (laughs) So here I am, I have celiac disease, IBS, I'm anemic, I have a million food sensitivities, and now I have colitis. This is awesome. (laughs) I really love this for me. But I'm very grateful because I finally have a diagnosis. I found a doctor who would actually look at me instead of living with colitis for the next three weeks and missing more school and more work and being in pain and losing more blood and risking who knows what. So now I have the lovely time of doing an enema every single night, which basically just is like a tiny like 
square box of like liquid that looks like milk and you have to like put it up your butt and squeeze it all in and it's extremely painful and not fun and then lay on my left hand side and try to keep this liquid in for eight hours so I do that every night before I go to bed and then I take these gigantic pills in the morning to help I have another blood test to go for a chest x-ray and then some type of skin test because apparently it's a preliminary for the steroid that they want to give me for colitis I'm not really sure this is news to me But the other night I was like, when my mom did the enema for me, I was like, this hurts so much. Like, how long do I have to do this? And she's like, a a month. And I was like, you're kidding me. An entire month. And then a couple days later, I'm in the kitchen with, this was like yesterday with my parents. And my dad asked my mom a question. She's like, two months. And I was like, what? And then he's like, two months. And I'm like, wait a second, you told me one month and she's like, I know, but you were already upset and I couldn't do it. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I basically have to put an enema up my butt every night for the next two months and take some steroid medication and it's not a fun time. I'm still bleeding, but I'm not as in as much pain anymore. And I feel like I can finally say that this year of all of these problems is finally coming to an end. I really freaking hope on my life (laughs) and I'm gonna finally be healthy because I eat so freaking healthy. I exercise, I drink water, I sleep, I meditate. I don't understand why I have all of these problems. (laughs) But that was the story of my health journey and my experience in the healthcare system. Wasn't a good one. But I'm very thankful to have answers, to have found a doctor who would do the scope for me. I'm thankful for my naturopath and for the food sensitivity test and to finally be feeling a little bit better. And Ron, we can really only be on an uphill from here, I hope. I just want to be able to have energy again, get back in the gym, do handstands and yoga and the things that I love and not have to go home from like work sick and bleed my pants that would be really awesome (laughs) there was also like a couple times where like I literally shit my pants (laughs) like god that's so embarrassing but I don't even care at this point because what can I do my body was falling apart on me I hope you guys enjoyed this episode I'm not sure if it would be that interesting for all of you but if you listen to the whole thing thank you If you have any questions or want to talk about it, just send me a DM on Instagram. I love talking to you guys and I hope you have a good day, night, evening, whatever you're doing and I will talk to you in the next episode.